awareness around green buildings and the role that they play in our sustainable future. Also, Green Construction and Renewable Energy Group uh, Stag Africa has now called on the construction industry to commit to building offices, homes, hospitals and even schools that protect and preserve natural resources. Now, the group says that buildings uh, consume one-third of the world's energy and are responsible for one-fifth of global emissions. So, uh, we are joined on the line now by uh, the director of Stag Africa, John Schooling, to tell us more about some of these developments. Uh, John, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good morning. Good morning to all the listeners as well. So in South Africa, we seem to be quite attached to uh, brick-and-mortar buildings. You know, when we think of building, um, uh, admittedly, I wouldn't even think about, you know, the green aspect of it first. It's first about, you know, um, how many bricks am I going to need, how much mortar to complete the structure that I need. So tell us more about the concept of green building and why you would encourage more green construction as opposed to what we consider to be conventional in bricks and mortar. Uh, our company's been promoting the use of green building technology since about 2009. And uh, initially, there was quite a big amount of resistance to it. But I noticed suddenly in the last about 12 months that there's been a dramatic shift in thinking of, by society and also by government. For example, I attended the conference that was held by the Department of Higher Education and Training in Pretoria recently. And in actual fact, they were promoting the whole idea of green building and they were promoting the whole idea of sustainability and sustainable building. So the concept of um, green building being of lesser quality is changing quite dramatically and very, very quickly. And I think part of that reason is that we as South Africa have committed to COP17 and then the Paris Protocol to actually start building green. So there are quite a couple of departments out there of government that are saying that we must build green. For example, Department of Higher Education and Training is looking very seriously at using green building technology for um, for university residences. And then you've got the Department of Health and Department of Basic Education as well looking very seriously at it. So there's been quite a dramatic change. And the big change is that Previously, we South Africans thought that only bricks and mortar spelled quality, whereas the rest of the world in actual fact has moved beyond that a long time ago and are in fact using innovative technology, uh, which is in South African terminology anything but bricks and mortar. I mean, cost would also be a major factor here. So how does it compare when you are going the green route as opposed to the conventional one? Interestingly enough, we found that the actual construction cost of our residences, because um, busy at the University of Stellenbosch at the moment, building residences for them, we found that the building cost itself is slightly low, about 11%, but the building time is dramatically reduced by as much as 40%, um, which means that you actually get your residence students coming in much earlier. And in the case of student accommodation, one tries to complete this, these buildings by January, so the students can take occupation. So that building period, being able to reduce the building period, is also dramatic contribution to cost. And what are some of the innovative um, technologies that are currently available in the green building sector? Uh, very fast. You know, there are all types of innovative building technology, from using sandbags that are plastered to using various other kinds of products. The two that we've been focusing on is lightweight steel framing, and now we're looking at using a polymer product to actually start building as well. And uh, we, the company as a whole continuously tries to uh, innovate and use the latest technology, the latest proven technology 
for construction purposes. So we focus in on lightweight steel framing. That's what we use in the University of Salamosh. And now we're moving on to a polymer-based product uh, and having a look at that. We built a house at a place called Carnubia in, uh, in KZN in Durban, and it's worked incredibly well. So the two that we focus in on, again, in South Africa, uh, we term anything that is not built out of bricks and mortar as, as alternatively methodology or innovatively methodology. So basically anything. I mean, if you go through the trans sky, um, everywhere I come from, many of the houses there are built using bottle and then are plastered on the outside with mud, that would be considered to be uh, innovative in technology. Although we've been using it for over 5,000 years in Africa. Yeah. And um, you say that green building goes beyond just uh, construction materials, John. Um, design is key. So talk to us about that. And, um, you know, are our architects, uh, um, you know, au fait with all of this and uh, where can we access them? Or is it just any architect that you can go to and ask for green design? I think it's really specialized. I think you've got to be looking for architects that understand the methodology. You have to have the right structural engineer on board as well. We use a guy called Baron Gustavus in Stanamosh, uh, particularly. And um, you need to have a whole team of people that are aware of what is green building, what are the implications. Because it is slightly different to using bricks and mortar. Uh, so you have to be aware of, um, of you know, the little little important little considerations about using a different kind of technology. Uh, but it's really easy, really. The building technology itself is very, very simple to use. It's not difficult at all. So when we talk about uh, green building technology, well, a friend of mine, Brian Wilkinson, he's the CEO, was the CEO of the Green Building Council. I often joke with him. I say, most green buildings in South Africa are built with using very high carbon emitting material like bricks and mortar. And then you add green stuff to it. I said the buildings that we do are inherently green. For example, like they're still framing, 87% of the material used is recycled. Um, and then when we use polymer, polymer is actually a byproduct of the fuel industry. So there's massive amounts of this byproduct that we use. And instead of dumping it in some land site, we convert it into houses. So the very houses themselves are inherently green. And then we do green stuff to them. Like, for example, we start looking at photovoltaic, we start looking at solar heated geysers, um, rainwater harvesting, uh, LED lights, and all those kind of additional add-ons. So that's the construction side of it. Then the next very important thing in the Green Revolution is the size of everything that you do. It's, uh, they talk about design fit for purpose. So in student accommodation, for example, one of the big problems in the cost sector and what drives the cost is bad design. And what is meant by bad design is that it's the opposite of optimal design. Optimal design means that it's not built as small as possible. It's built correctly. It's designed correctly. It's designed to the optimal size, obviously. So one of the first components of, of building green is to build as little as possible and achieve as much as possible with it. So your first cost drive and your first green drive is actually design. And what we managed to do in student accommodation is that we've looked at what's known as the 21st century project. And there we focused on the five principles of design that get you the optimal architectural design, for example, student accommodation. And those five principles are, first of all, you design for community, innovation, sustainability, very, very important, technology, and then flexibility. Now, the ultimate measure of flexibility is what will you do with this building in 10, 30, 100, 200 years' time when it's no longer usable? Can you reuse the building? Can you recycle it? Is it flexible enough to be recycled? And the wonderful thing about this new technology that we use is that it can be recycled. Something very interesting, in China I read recently, when you submit plans for a multi-story building or any building, you have to submit a program for demolishing that building because they believe that 
their buildings will have to need to be replaced every 20 years because technology has advanced so much that in 20 years' time, that building is no longer fit for purpose. So that's a very interesting concept. Whereas in South Africa, we believe our building must last for over 100 years. In China, they're saying it's better to actually rebuild every 20 years. So that's a very interesting concept. Very interesting indeed. And thank you so much, uh, John Schooling, for speaking to us this morning. John Schooling, of course, the director of Stag Africa. There's nothing we love sharing more than knowledge. SAFM.